so we're just doing the same, getting it done, amen. I appreciate that. Um, just do it. I mean, you know, we sometimes we get so technical, you say, well, I don't know how to do it. You, there's 25, there. those tracks are in groups 25. You get your uh, pack of them and you just hand them out to people. That's all you got to do. I mean, you, we make it complicated. And then if God will give you a little more confidence, you may ask them, hey, listen, I just, I care about you. Jesus loves you. I want to know if you, if you know you'd go to heaven when you died. And see, we make, well, somebody needs to do it. See, that's the problem with everything. Somebody needs to do it. The, the, bus, the bus worker, some of you right now, you said, well, I do that, but I don't have a bus license. Well, there's more to do than drive. Right? You say, well, I'd sing in the choir, but I can't sing. Didn't ask you that, right? I'd help in the children's ministry. I'd help with the nursery. I'd help here, 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 but, but I don't have that skill. Well, just God's gifted you with something, but if you just give the whole I can't do anything, then guess what? You'll never do anything. So appreciate that, Brother Jimmy. I, I want to, you know, and again, if you say, well, I live, I live so-and-so, and if I gave them our tracks, they might not come to our church. I don't care if they come to our church. On those tracks has the gospel. That's what's important. If we'll show them to the cross, the Lord will show people to our church. So just give them the gospel. Give them the gospel everywhere you go. Amen. Let me share with you just a couple thoughts out of Ephesians 5, verse 14 to 17. I won't take long. I understand the hour. And thinking about our theme this year, redeeming the time. The word redeem means to diligent, uh, to be diligent, active in duty, and preparation. To be diligent, active in duty, in preparation. And we'd probably all agree that time's short. And I mean, whether or not prophetically it's time is short or as many of us get older, we realize that, let's be honest, we don't have as many days as we used to on this earth. And some of you young people are saying, well, that's good for you, preacher, but I've got all the time in the world. Well, you don't know that. I mean, the fact is... We can go to the cemetery and there'll be somebody your age in that cemetery. So, so we really don't know how much time we have left on this earth. And Jesus could come back at any time. And so 2024 could be the final push. You say, well, may not be. Well, I, I'd rather take the chance that it will be than that it won't be. Right? I, I'd, I'd rather get to heaven and the Lord say, you know what? You did way too much in 2024 than to get to heaven and say, you know, you didn't do anything. I mean, I, I think he'll, I think he'll be very gracious to say you you did more than I wanted you to, but I don't know that he'll be as gracious and say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." If if I've not done anything, right? right? And so it's time to it's time to redeem the time and and to make the absolute most out of what we have left here. We must redeem the time we've left. And I thought about this that that Satan has so many tools to distract us from redeeming the time, right? I mean, if we had no internet, we had no TV, we had no radio, we had none of the modern conveniences, all we had was, you know, and we'll say, well, you, uh, we don't want to go back to the horse and buggy days. I agree, I like electricity and I like heating and air, praise God. And, but, but you think about if all the distractions were removed out of our life, would we serve God? Would, would, how much time do we waste every day 
on entertainment, on things that are trivial that don't matter. And I'm not talking about, listen, spending time with family. That, that's important. I'm not talking about taking a vacation. That's important. But, but let's be honest. Binge watching Netflix is not really redeeming the time, right? Spending hours and hours on uh, uh, websites talking about, uh, you know, your favorite sports team is not redeeming the time. And so we're, we're so caught up in this distraction from serving God, we're not redeeming the time. And so churches are dying all over the place. And it's not because God isn't the same. And it's not because the Holy Spirit's not doing what he does. It's because, let's be honest, we're, we're in this paralysis of, well, Jesus is coming and look how awful things are. Well, I'd say this, there, there, ought, to be, there ought to be a little bit of grit about us uh, if we're truly saved by God's grace to say, you know what, I, I may go down fighting, but I am going to fight. Right? I mean, when you look at all the transgender stuff in schools and, all, and we're going, I can't believe this is happening. Well, who's going to stand up against it? Well, we're, you know, if we get Trump in office, he'll do it. He didn't do it before. We get DeSantis, he'll do it. No, what, what some folks need to do is quit relying on someone else and say, you know what, I'm going to redeem the time. I'm going to do what God has me to do. So it's time to step back and say, okay, it's time for us to, to do something. So that's what Ephesians 5 deals with, understanding where we are and making the most out of our time. I don't know, we may be here another 50 years. We may be here another 50 minutes, right? But as you get older, one thing, I was reading a book last year that said, you know, when you're a young person, you think you have all this time, and then when you hit maybe your 40s or 50s, you, it, it registers, you've got more years in the rearview mirror, and it's a shock to the system, and it, there's almost a depression that goes on. When, where's life gone? And then you move into the next phase. It's like, well, if I'm close to... To, to the end, I want to make the most out of every day, right? And, and I understand that. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, man, I, I don't know. You know, the, the men in our family die young. The ladies in our family are long, live long. I, I hope I got the lady genes, right? I hope I got grandma longevity genes, praise God. But I don't know. I mean, we could go out of here tonight and get hit by a car, so we have to redeem whatever time. Maybe a, it may be a day, maybe a hundred years. We don't know. But every day is valuable. And every day God's saying redeem the time you got. Whatever it is, right? So, so how do we do that? Well, I think Ephesians 5 tells us that first of all, number one, he tells us to wake up. In verses 1 through 14, we won't read them all. But uh, he, he states a few things in Ephesians 5, uh, verses 1 through 14. First of all, he, he gives us the problem. There's always a problem. And the problem is in verses 1 to 5, he said we need to wake up to carnality. I mean, we live in a day, we just mentioned it, the, the average church, the average church member, the average Christian, let's be honest, we're carnal. We spend less time in the Word of God, more time watching stuff. Right? We, we spend more time, let's be honest, we, we, Brother Adam, we'll spend less time talking about the things of God and talking about fishing, hunting, and golf, and everything else. We're, we're carnally minded yes, sir. Right. because we don't have our horizon set right. That's right. The Bible says we're to set our affections on things above. Yes, sir. And so here, 
Paul's writing and he's, he gives a list. He says uh, in verse 2, he says, Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, hath given himself for us. And then he goes, But fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, uh, let it not be once named among you. Now he's, he's writing to Christians. He's not writing to a lost man. And so he goes on. Uh, he said, Let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God, uh, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Well, that doesn't sound like the modern grace movement that we're hearing today. That's like, hey, all that stuff, God's good with it, right? He's, he's got a grace and mercy and love, and he don't care if you do all that stuff. He knows your flesh. Well, that doesn't sound like the, that don't sound like what we're hearing today. Right. So it tells me that the Bible says, listen, you need to wake up. Amen. Here's the problem that, that the problem is that we, uh, we're, we're, we're to wake up uh, to carnat from the carnality. We, we wake up to what carnality is. Yes. A lot of folks don't even know it. They're like, yeah, well, that's just how I am. Yeah, right? right? That's how God made me. I can't help it, right? Just, I am who I am. Just you don't have to accept me the way I am. You know what I heard? Somebody said this, and you've heard it a thousand times. And they said, they were talking about preachers and uh, preachers dressing in suits to preach. And one guy said, well, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think God really cares. He said, you know, the Bible said God looks on the inside, man looks on the outside. Well, here's the problem, two problems with that. Couple problems. Number one, you can't see the inside, right? Okay. Number two, when the when the priest went into the holy of holies, he wore something different than he wore everywhere else, did he not? And then number three, the scripture, brother Tilly, that they're quoting is when uh, when they were trying to when when God told them they needed a king and went to Jesse's house and. Jesse said, well, look at him. He's a tall guy, and he looks like a king, and this one looks like a king, and they, they look like a king. He said, no, God looks on the inside, and man looks on the outside. What he wanted was David, a man after God's own heart. You say, what's your point? My point is we're, we're distorting the Scripture, and we're making it out to, that where carnality is okay. And the problem we have is we're, instead of letting the Word of God saturate us to change us, we're trying to change the Word of God and change, change church and what's right and what's wrong. And, and so we're, we're, we're not redeeming the time because we're allowing the culture to impact what we think the Bible says. So we are to wake up from sin, from living like the world, and from our idolatry. But then he goes on in verse 6 and 7 to say, wake up to conformity. He said in verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Don't, don't, right? You ever heard this saying? You either are or soon will become like the people you hang around. Anybody ever heard that? I hope because I've said it 12,000 times from this pulpit. 12,000. Right? We cannot be conformed to this world. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's got to, we got to be different, right? So he's writing that we're to wake up. The problem is we're, we're to wake. 
the conformity is be like everybody else. And that's why we have this carnal Christianity that's being promoted. So we're to wake up to conformity. But then notice in verse 10 to 12 he said you need to wake up uh, to complacency. Notice that first word in verse 10, proving. What is acceptable unto the Lord? Proving. Well, preacher, I'm saved by grace. You know, you know Ephesians 2, 8, 9, don't you, preacher? I sure do. I know there's verse 10, too. I'm not saved by works, hallelujah. But then after verses 8 and 9, we are, cre- we are his workmanship created what? Unto good works. So the good works follow salvation. Amen. That's good preaching. So, so what he's saying is we're, we're to wake up to our complacency because let's be honest, we live in a very complacent world. We're comfortable. I said it this morning. The reason we don't, we don't want to, uh, you know, hey, listen, you walked in here today. We're used to having it 70 degrees or 72 or whatever you want. Praise God. If, if it's not, some of you are doing this and others are doing this. And people have walked out and said, Preacher, it's so cold in here. I'm about to die. You ain't about to die. Right? It's so hot in here. I'm about to pass out. You ain't about to pass out. Go preach in Jamaica in August, then you'll know what pass out is, right? Go, hey, go, go, go to Alaska uh, in October when it's negative something degree. You'll know what cold is, right? But, but we're so caught up in our com- comfort zone that we're like, hey, it's not just right. I mentioned this morning, 76,000 people went to a football game where it's negative 4 degrees and sat out in the cold. So one guy said, he said, I saw a guy didn't even have a shirt on. Then we got, we got climate-controlled sanctuaries, and you know what we do? I ain't going to church too cold, right? I ain't going to church. They calling for rain. What if it's freezing rain? But what if it isn't? Right? Well, God understands. He knows my heart. No, he does know your heart, and that ought to scare you to death. Right? So we got to wake up to complacency. So there's the problem. Notice the principle in verse 14 says this, but uh, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Now that, that means this, the principle is this. He's saying, Up, this old, this King's English stuff right here, right? Up, rouse thee. In other words, get up, right? Now, you ever seen mamas go in? I don't know. I don't know where they came up with this. You know, the mama comes in and says, wake up, and daddy. You know, they show a picture of a wrestler coming in, elbow dropping. Man, that wasn't what it was in our house. Miss Sarah would shoot rubber bands at you while you're sleeping and throw rocks at no. But how many? How many of us? Let's be honest. You lay there for hours and hours, and your mama's saying, "Get up." Your daddy's saying, come on, get up. We got work to do. That's what the Lord's telling us. Come on, church, wake up. Arouse thou, get up. You know what we're doing? For by grace are you saved through faith, right? Greater is he than me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ. But you're not doing anything. See, if you can do all things, let's go do something, right? 
Stirring men to activity. That's what this passage is about. Stirring them to activity. Awake from slumber. Get up. Wake up. Praise God. If we've got victory in Jesus, let's live like we got victory in Jesus. If we're defeated, let's quit going to church. And then the promise. Notice what it said in verse 14. He said, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee what? Light. There's the promise. You, you got See, we're sitting back. Can I say this, young men? Say, I, I don't know God's will for my life. I wish God showed me. Do something. Right? I don't know. Maybe God's called me to preach. Then go preach. Right? Just pray. I mean, do something. But see what? Somehow in our movement we sit back and go well I'm not going to do anything I'm scared I'll do something wrong so I'm not going to do anything until I'm 100% sure what God wants me to do okay we'll sit there and do nothing your whole life right there's churches have preacher boys 5, 10, 20, 30 of them sitting there going I'm just waiting on God what are you waiting on God to do open a door what kind of door I know what kind of door one with a salary and a benefits package and, and a car allowance, right? Brother Adam, need any missionaries in Mexico? Brother Tilly, need any missionaries out west? I get calls. I've gotten several calls in the past few weeks. Preacher, do you know anybody that could, uh, that uh, young man won't pastor a church? Guy called me from Virginia. I said, well, what I'm seeing a lot of them want a salary. We're waiting for God to shine, but we're sitting there waiting, not doing anything. So he says, first thing, wake up. Number two, verse 15, walk up. What do you mean by that? Notice what he does in verse 15. He said, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So he is comparing two things here, is he not? In this verse, he's saying, here's the foolish and here's the wise. So two things are being compared together. So he's saying this, see how you walk. Notice what he says in, in uh, see then. In other words, observe. We're good at observing how others walk. Right? Well, they're not doing this. You don't, you don't have to give an account for them. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You won't give an account for anybody else. You'll give an account for you. Ladies, you won't give an account for your husband. You'll give an account for you. Sir, you won't give an account for your wife. You'll give an account for you, right? So, so what we got to realize is that here he's saying you have a choice to make. And you have to, you have to wake up and look at yourself and decide are you walking in wisdom or are you walking foolishly? And, I, and I'd say this, there's a lot of folks that are walking in the way of worldly wisdom, but according to God, it's foolishness. See why you're walking the way you are. See, you have to get deep and, and examine the motivation of why you're doing what you're doing. If I'm just going in, well, Brother Jimmy wants us to hand out 50,000 tracts, I'm going to take these 25 and I'm going to go get it because that's what Brother Jimmy told me to do. Wrong motivation. The, the motivation, and then see, here's the other thing. We sit back and we go, well, until God lays on my heart to do it, I'm not going to do it. Well, how long has he got to wait? He's been waiting 20 years. 
right? I mean, there's some things that just, I mean, Acts 1-8. I'm going to hand out some tracts because Acts 1-8 told me that I'm to get the gospel, right? The Great Commission, gospel to every creature, every, every. So you don't have to pray about handing out some tracts, right? See, if you won't do what the Bible clearly tells you to do and all you're praying, well, I'm going to ask, I want God to show me. He's already showed you. If it's written down in his word in black and white, you won't do it then, then the Holy Ghost ain't going to move you to do anything. You won't believe what he said. So what we're saying is I don't believe the word of God. That's right. right? Would anybody say they don't believe the Bible? Come on. But it's there. Right. But we don't do it. Right. right? If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. Well, God command us to share the gospel. Sure does. Will we do it? No, I don't, but I love Jesus. Not according to what he said. Right. I mean, Good. well, you're trying to tell me how I feel. I'm not. He is. Right? right? right. I better hurry. I better hurry. I'm losing you. I'm going to have to shock some people. There's a, so when we walk, he's saying you have to compare these two things, a foolish walk and a wise walk. Then he also goes on to say this, see that you walk circumspectly, which means a conscious walk. We're to walk consciously. In other words, we're to be accurate according to the light. Accurate according to the light. What's the light? It's the word of God. So be intentional in your walk. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how many people are wandering through life. They have no intention, right? Wake up in the morning. Just meander, wander, go to work, right? Come home, go to sleep, come to church on Sunday. Good, good message, preacher. See you next week, right? That's it. They're not intentional. You cannot get close to God. Unless you are intentional. Amen. Right? right? You're not going to redeem the time unless you're intentional in doing it. Amen. And so we have to be intentional. Right? Yes. You, want, you want to get closer to the Lord? You've got to spend time in the Word of God. You've got to spend time in prayer. You're not, going, you're not just going, well, when I have time. You'll never have time. That's right? right? I, I don't have time. Right. I have to make time. Right. It's got to be in my schedule, written down. You say, well, I don't, wanna, I don't want to uh, uh, cheapen it like that. I want to be an intimate expression of love to the Lord. But you don't do it, right? It's all right. Miss Angie, I'm not putting you on the spot. But it'd be all right if Brother Shane had his calendar on Thursday night and said, date night with Miss Angie. Would, would that offend you? She'd be like, I'm glad he's going to take me out for supper. Right? You've got to be intentional. You gotta be. You ought to be intentional about coming. To, I'm, I'm not gonna miss one service all year. Not well. You might. You might get sick. That's okay. But if you're intentionally saying I'm not gonna miss one service, you're more likely to do it than just say, Well, I'm gonna come when I can. Right? What happens when there's no church? Well, you know what? I believe this, brother Tilly. I believe some some Christ, Christians would. They'd be all right with it. They want no more. Well, I'd go if they were open. They shut them all down. I just, I had to be one. I, listen, I just had to be a Christian on the lake, do my Bible study on the lake. Yes, come on. Good job. 
Because you know you don't have to be, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, Brother Jimmy. You got to be intentional and cautious. Right? One of the, one of the one of the biggest dangers in our natural world are these stinking phones. And, and here's what I mean. And I laugh at them, Brother Matt. I mean, there, you got all these videos of people, you know, kangaroo kicking some dude in the head. You know, he's, and I'm like, why, why would you be filming a kangaroo getting ready to kick you in the head? I mean, I don't know about you. I'm not getting close to a kangaroo. Or you got a, somebody jogging. There's a black bear chasing them, and they. Why? Do, how do you have the time to take a picture of a bear chasing you? Right. 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 You say well, it's probably not them; it's probably their friend. I get new friends. <laughs> but you know what? You know what it does? It takes our attention off things. Right. Now, how many? You be honest. Can we be honest tonight? Some of you haven't been honest all year. Let's be honest tonight. Do, do, do you get upset when you're at a stoplight and somebody's in front of you and it turns green and they won't go and when you look and you see that they're on the phone? Does that, do you get angry? Raise your hands. Be honest. Y'all are so wicked. But you know what it is? They're distracted. They're not intentional, right? How many of you like me? I'm like, as soon as that baby turns green, I'm boom. Right? We, we're, doing some, we're doing some drag racing off the line. Right? But, you know the reason? Because we're caught up in a virtual world. And, and so, it's dangerous. Right? Like, how many, how many of you ever, if it was a snake, it'd have bit you. Right? That's what they used to tell you. Man, if I'm walking in the woods, I, pro I hate snakes. I hate them. You can talk about good snakes and bad snakes. They're all the devil. So if I'm walking in the woods, you know what I'm doing? I might get taken off by a vulture, but I ain't going to get bitten by no snake because I'm going to look for him. But spiritually, you know what we do? We're just wandering through life like. There is danger around every corner. And we're not redeeming the time. Let me ask you this. Ready? Okay, we're getting honest and we family tonight, right? How much of the mess that you're in is your fault? I'm talking about getting honest. How much of the mess that you're in financially, physically, spiritually, you plug it in, you're responsible for most of it. Why? Because we weren't walking intentional and cautious. Right? I mean, so much you can't help. I mean, the Russells aren't here because Miss Russell's like, I'm not, you know, her health, it ain't like she was out there just, I don't think they were out there doing bad stuff in Mexico. Sometimes stuff happens, but my question is how much of our mess that we have is our fault that we caused 
because we were not aware of how we were walking. Right? We weren't cautious. So we have to be consciously walking and then we have to be consistently walking. Not wavering according to our circumstance. The, de- the same day after day. Right? Awake thou that sleepest. See thou that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Right? Well, I'm just thinking like this. Probably not the smartest thing to do in the middle of a, a storm is to stop moving. Right? I mean, if, I, if I'm stuff's. I want to get out. A lot of times when we face circumstances that we don't like, we just, or we retreat, right? Well, if I'm halfway, it only takes me as much to get out as it does to go back. So just keep walking. I mean, if you believe God is who he says he is and that he is providential, Right? then whatever you're going through, he has for your good. Don't, don't say you believe in Romans 8, 28, not the providence of God, right? So therefore, we have to realize that whatever we're going through, if we don't cause it ourselves, and God allows it to happen, then it is for our good. So I just have to consistently keep walking with God, good and bad. Don't quit, right? If you want to redeem the time, because you can't make up for lost time. When you quit, when you stop, and you know, and, and I'm thankful for the grace and mercy of God. And one day you say, well, you know, we, we go to the prodigal son. We'll say, well, he left the father and he came back, but he lost time. And you can't get that time back. You can get the fellowship back, but you can't get the time back, right? You don't raise your hand, I'll raise mine. But if I should have started serving God years and years and years before I ever did. And see, no matter what. No matter what gets accomplished for the cause of Christ in my life, there's a time that I can't go back and, and fix that time. God, in other words, I have to repent of that and say, God, I'm sorry that I wasted that time because I can't fix that. So we have to be consistent. We have to be conscious. And we have to compare the foolish and the wise. Now look, look verse 16, 17. Here's what it said, redeeming the times because the days are evil. Right? I believe that. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So, number three, he tells us not only to walk up, he says wise up. Wise up. Why? Here's here's what he's telling us in these verses. He, He explains to us the shortness of life. Can we agree with that? That's why he says redeem, cash in on. Whatever you got left, use it for the glory of God. Take advantage of the opportunities before us and realize that the opportunities will pass. Some windows are only open for a short time. And if you're not walking with God, you'll miss the window. Right? Some are open longer, but some, sometimes God has a small window that's why you and I have got to be walking with God every day. So we're, we have to understand that a wise person understands shortness of life. Right. You're not going to live forever. Right? right? I turn 53 in a couple months. I'm not going to live forever. Right. Well, I mean, I will someday, but just not in, 
not like we are now, right? I'm not, brother man. I'm not going. I'm not going to be able to pastor forever. I just, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to stay here as long as God will let me. But one day, I'll, brother Jimmy, I had to turn it over to somebody else, right? Amen, brother Jimmy. Said. <laughs> we'll, we'll sit back there and say, I wonder, I wonder how much it's going to cost this guy to fix this roof. They right? say, pastor. Assistant pastor, we got all these heat and air units going out. How much it costs? Well, it only cost us ten thousand a piece. Probably gonna cost you fifty thousand a piece. But the Lord's good, Amen. Shortness of life, but not watch this. Not only the shortness of life, seasons of life. Right? What we can do now may not be what we can do later. See, some of you waiting, well, when I retire, I'm going to serve God. Well, when you get to that place, you're not going to probably physically be able to do what you could do now. Amen. Right? Amen. Maybe, maybe the windows closed. I don't know. So you have to look at the seasons of life. Well, one day when the kids are grown and, you know, it's just, uh, then, then we'll do this. Well, you don't, that's a season of life. God may not, if God's dealing with you about making the most of your time now, you can't wait till then because you don't know that you'll get to that season of life. And it may be your health has changed. It may be a change in the world. I said it, but we're not guaranteed that we'll be able to come in here and do what we're doing a year from now. All over the world, churches are having to meet underground, right? So we got, we got to strike while the iron's hot, right? And then the sanctification of life. That's what it said. He said that we would, in verse 17, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding that what the will of the Lord is. Well, do you know what God's will is for your life? You say, well, no. Well, there's a few things that you need to know. He wants you to be saved. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So if you're not saved today, it's God's will for you to be saved. It's God's will for you to serve him. It's God's will for you to love him. See, if you can't do the things God puts in his word that are in black and white... Why is he going to show you other stuff? Right? right? The Bible said try the spirits. Right? Here's what I'm saying. Your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts will lead your own. Right? Brother Adam, I've seen preachers that move from here to here to here to here. I know I knew one guy, he said he'd been He'd been preaching 21 years. He's pastored eight churches. But man, they can't depend on you to hang around too long, can they? Now, here's what I thought, though. I take Miss Ellen, our four kids, every three years, I swear, I believe God's leading us over here. I believe God's leading us over here. I believe God's leading us over here. I believe God. Every three years, every two years, whatever. At some point in time, this lady here and my children are going to look at me and say, he don't a bit more than a monkey know God's will. God's will doesn't change every, every year. Right? Amen. And these guys, oh, it's God's will, God's will. You wouldn't know God's will hit you in the face. It's God's will if you drag your family and all these different places and not know it. No. Now, God's will can change for your life. I understand that. And by the way, it's not God's will if you change churches every other year. Amen. Y'all stick where you at. Right? 
You say, well, that's just because you're the pastor of this church. No, it ain't. But we say one minute, God led me here. I prayed about God. Well, God ain't going to tell you in six months. Well, I want you down there now. Stick around, right? But we get to the place like, well, what's the will of God for my life? Well, if you won't do the things you know to be God's will, then why is he going to show you this other stuff? How do you know God's will? Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the church, right? When there's a need, we just told you. There's a big need in the bus ministry. Well, I'll pray about it. What are you going to pray about? Right? What are you going to pray about? It's a need. Jump in here and do it. Well, I'll just be honest with you, preacher. I just don't want to get up on Sunday mornings when it's cold. Can't get up early on Sunday morning, but you can get up early Monday morning. Right? Why? Because if you don't punch that clock, you ain't getting paid. Just remember this. Let me, let me, here, here's what, this will help you. I don't remember who preached it. Payday someday. Payday someday. You come get on the bus, 7 o'clock in the morning. Nobody appreciates you. It's cold. Everybody else is coming in here at 9.35 for Sunday school. that starts at 9.30, by the way. Right? Let me help you with something else. We, I just can't get here on time. Let me tell you why. Because you've not set it up to get here on time. Right? You're late for everything. So if you constantly get here at 9.35 for 9.30 Sunday school and you're leaving at 9 o'clock... I'm not a genius, but I'd leave it at 8.55. Right? I, well, I, I mean, I'm, I, I learned math back when 2 plus 2 is 4. I mean, unless, unless you got some Elon Musk rocket tied to your car and you, you're like the same five minutes late every time, you got to leave earlier. Yeah, but I can't leave early because I get up late on Sunday morning. Well, then let's examine that, shall we? Why you get up late on Sunday morning? Because I go to bed late. See, you... Just redeem the time. I ain't talking about the Spanish. They always late. That's just... Ain't that right, Brother Jose? It don't matter. Just... You got you got to you got to trick them. You got to, if you want them there at five o'clock, you got to say we're having something at three thirty. Is that right? But here's what I'll leave you with: whatever time you got left, I don't know if it's a day, hundred years. God's given you a window of time, and He's saying, "I want you to make the most of every second. Don't wait." That's what this year's about. Let's, let's do more in 24 and redeem the time, right? Let's get it done. No excuses, right? When you, when you start saying, no excuses, just going to get it done. I'm going to be at church, be at prayer meeting. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I want to get in bus ministry, children, whatever it is. No excuses. Get it done. You'll be amazed. You know what you do? You want something done, you find the busiest person that you know, and you give it to them, and it'll get done. You take the person that does the least, won't get done. You know what? I, I just don't have time. 
Everybody's got 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Right? People say, you get up at 4 o'clock. I sure do. You know why? Because I can get more done before lunch. And the next thing they say, but I just can't get up at 4. No, you choose not to. That's fine. But you don't want to. Right? You can get up at 4. You just have to go to bed at 8, 9. Redeem the time, whatever it is. Find out what God wants in your life. Get it done with the time you have left. Let's stand together. Bow our heads. The altar's open. You come. The Lord spoke to your heart. You come. Maybe you just need to pray and say, God, what do you want out of my life? Be a good time to figure that out. Redeem the time. If you could, if you could guarantee me, well, I've got 10 years left, 20 years left, 50 years left. You don't know that. If you're here today, you've never trusted him as your savior. He's given you opportunity today. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. You know what people do? They, they're like, well, I don't, I don't want to commit. I don't, I don't want to commit to something. Because then if I don't do it, God's going to hold me accountable. Well, if God's telling you to do it, and you don't do it, he's going to hold you accountable anyway. Well, if I just don't commit, I'll be fine. Mm-mm. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Make much of it. 24 hours in a day. Get all you can. All you can.